to making business profitable with EGS. What is EGS? It's EBITDA Growth Systems. What is EBITDA? EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Why is EBITDA important? Because it tells you how much your business is worth. This podcast is brought to you by EBITDA Growth Systems, where we guarantee to double your profits within three years or give you your money back. Welcome. So we're going to talk today about when you're thinking about starting a business. And I think it's a really important topic uh, given today's economic environment. That's right. I mean, it really starts with uh, the business that you're thinking about starting. Do you have a passion for it? Is it something you really want to do? And along with that, you know, when you're sitting in your chair with your cup of coffee or your beer in the evening, think, you know, do I have a passion for it? And does it make money? Is it something that can generate revenue? A lot, of, a lot of times people start right off the bat, I have a widget, and this widget's going to fix everything. And then when they dig into the weeds and really dig into it and get deep, they find out that widget cost them two, $300,000 to get the first, the first batch made. Absolutely. Right? Oh, yeah. When you talk about passion, I mean, um, you know, what's your motivation for jumping into the business? And uh, if you don't have the passion, because going is going to get really tough really fast. And uh, you know, your first realization is going to be that you wake up every morning unemployed. And so if you don't have a passion to, to, to break through that, it's going to be tough going. Yeah, if it's something that you don't really want to do, there's going to be issues. You're going to wake up in the morning and hate your job. And if that's the case, may as well stay where you're at. Yeah. So yeah. you got to wake up and say, man, I love this. you got to enjoy getting in your vehicle and going to work or going downstairs and going to work. you got to enjoy it. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, it makes one minute seem like five minutes Absolutely. instead of five hours seem like five minutes. It, it's, it's a huge differentiator. It is. So you got to have a passion for what it is you're pursuing, and then you got to make sure you can make money at it. I mean, you, if your passion is to build bird cages, uh, I don't know if you're going to make a lot of money at that. But, you know, we suggest that there's not a lot of money in boutique bird cages these days. Yeah, uh, there used to be, I think. But uh, (laughs) so we think the first step after, you know, determining what you have a passion for is to craft a business plan. And no one likes to write a business plan. And we're not talking about war and peace, but you got to have a business plan because you really need to start with uh, a market analysis or a. I will say an industry analysis. Yeah, you got to think of a business plan as a blank, just a canvas where you put all your thoughts down on a piece of paper so you know what your business is going to look like. What What's it look like with the sales and marketing? What do your competitors look like? What does what does the market bear for, for your project? What's the financial analysis? What's the operational analysis? What's, what's it going to take to roll this up? How much money is it going to take? And then what's it going to take to execute? And if you don't have that on a piece of paper... Oftentimes, that causes you to rethink your plan. Sure, right? sure, sure. And there used to be a time when you had to pay someone a lot of money to help you put together a business plan, but Google has changed our lives. Oh, man, Four different formats on Google are amazing. Yeah, not only the format for the business plan, but the actual research that has to go into the business plan. You can't make assumptions when you're running this business plan because you convince yourself to do anything. You need cold, hard data to drive the decisions you're making around the market analysis and then around the competitor analysis. So reliable data, there's so much data out there, you gotta vet it. Sure, to make sure sure the data is good. 
because you can find a study or you can find information on anything you want. So dig into that information. Don't take the first Google ad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the federal government is where I'd start. They have such good stuff. Man, are they well put together. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> and, and it'll be, the latest that you can find is 2018. I mean, so it'll be like two years old, but at least you'll be in the right zip code. I mean, right. you'll, you'll know how many companies there are in your chosen uh, market. You'll know, you know, the average uh, size of those companies and so forth. So federal government provides a lot of great information. So market analysis and then the competitor analysis, who's playing in that space. If your idea is to do something and the 800 pound gorilla in your space is Microsoft, you might want to rethink that because you yeah. don't have enough money to compete with Microsoft. And I imagine they're doing things just a little cheaper than you're going to be able to. Totally, totally. But in the market analysis, you really, you do a lot of research on the customers, the consumer. Yes. And what yes. are they willing to pay? You might be a rug manufacturer, a boutique rug manufacturer, and find out that this certain market segment, you can sell rugs at 10x and make a tremendous profit, but understand you're going to make 15 rugs a year and you're going to hope to find that market segment. So that's, it's one of those things you really got to dig into this and lean into it with a lot of research. This is not minutes. This is hours of yeah, research. So sure, days. I mean, and Dave, you make such a good point. I mean, is your chosen market one where you like a grocery store, you make a half a cent on a can of beans, but you sell so many cans of beans that it adds up? Or are you a Mercedes-Benz type market where you only sell two or three cars a month, but you make a killing on it? That's right. That's right. Market. You understand that. Uh, well, I'll say a word that you and I love dearly, the word margin. Yes. You have to make margin. So when you're analyzing your analysis, you got to make money doing it. If you don't, you don't support your family. You don't support keeping your dream alive, right? That's right. What's next? And that the financial plan is part of the business plan. And uh, you know, how much money do you have? I mean, you got you got you got to you got to know the answer to that question. And if you have a significant other, you might want to ask them too, because you you may think that money that you're going to invest is available and he or she might say, no, you're not taking that money to do that with it. That's so, right. I mean, it's important to understand objectively how much cash do you have. Yeah, you don't want it to, in, if you're married or you have a partner at home, you have to make sure they're on board because this is a long journey. If you go to try to do this on your own, guess what? You're gonna be doing this on your own. That's right, you gotta include the cost of a rental property or, or an apartment because you're gonna get put out. Yeah, or at least a doghouse with a good roof yeah, and yeah. like a whatever combi unit inside there to keep you warm. But, totally. And then, but with the financial plan, when you're looking at how much money you have, look at look at what you have in savings, look at what you have in stocks. Are you willing to cash that out? Are you willing to do that? And how far will that get you? You know, how much uh, month over month, how much is this going to cost? See, I'm a big manufacturing guy, right? Yeah, so yeah. I love the manufacturing space. So a machine might cost a hundred thousand bucks, but I can buy it used for like thirty-five thousand. But I'm going to have to be fixing it here and there. Do I have a hundred grand in a bank that can spend thirty thousand dollars on equipment and then spend another thousand dollars a month on power and all the tools and everything that goes with that piece of equipment? Do I have that kind of cash and long and be able to sustain that long time, long term? Also, you know, customers are going to ask you to buy material, sure, and, and what goes into that to make that product. So well, you got to roll that up in your financial plan to see. Oh no, I'm going to start this. I'm going to have a 30 day runway. Uh, at best case, 30 day. You might be into 90 days. And uh, and so, you, you how much no, cash? I'm saying, you, I'm saying you have to know. You look at it and say, man, I only have a 30 day runway. I better not do this. So, right. 
Mike and I would say at least 90 days to six months cash to start. I mean, there's no reason to start a business and burden yourself with tremendous amounts of stress day one. Um, honestly, that's why we do what we do. We keep people from putting themselves in a huge bucket of stress, right? Absolutely, absolutely. When we talk about runway, we're just saying, how much cash do you have? And then how much cash are you gonna need to keep a roof over your head and keep your business going? And you divide how much cash you have by that number, and that tells you how long your runway is. Then you gotta dig in, then you lace in your operations plan into that financial plan and say, okay, I have these three customers, I have this work available, I can make this much margin, so my labor cost me X, oh, it's just me. Well, guess what, buddy? You gotta bring home money to sure. take care of you and your family, so you have to pay yourself something. Your labor is worth something, please don't charge zero for yourself but you got materials you got electricity and you got those and then what you have after that's called margin now what you whether you're renting a space or whatever but you got to know how much money you're going to make off that work otherwise you're going to dig through your cash reserves and in nine months or in three three six months you're going to wish you didn't right yeah, yeah. so you got to be able to execute on your plan to generate revenue because if you don't you're going to be totally hosed well dave i want to re-emphasize the point that you're making around uh a uh, making sure you account for yourself and your cost. How many small business owners, they've been in business for 10, 12 years, don't account for their own labor? It's like, dude, all that's- of, All yeah, of them? All of them. That's why you guys aren't making any money, because you don't account for yourself. And when you start accounting for yourself, you go, wow, uh, my company loses money. Yeah, so you gotta either charge more money if, and if you can't charge more money, you need to get out of business. I mean, those are your only two options. And, and listen, guys, if you're charging money to make a product or deliver a product and you get down and say, man, I had 10 hours, but I feel like that's too much, so I'm only going to bill five hours. Stop. Stop. 10 hours is what it's worth. It's you wouldn't have started this business unless you feel like you're good at what you do. And if somebody good at what they're doing, it takes them 10 hours, guess what that part should cost? 10 hours worth of labor. Absolutely. And what's the going rate for that? Guess what? It's not 20 bucks an hour. Yeah. You're not in Asia. You're in the United States of America where gas prices, taxes, you know, food, everything costs money. Yeah. And there are fees on your cell phone. There's a stack of fees <laughs> at the bottom of every bill. Sure. Unless you're T-Mobile. I guess T-Mobile just has one line. They just roll it all up in one line for you and just say one price. But yeah. it's still fees. You got FCC sure. fees and everything on everything you do. You gotta pay those fees, and the only way you do that is by charging a fair rate. Yeah, for your for your time and your effort. So, we figured out something we have a passion for. We can make money at it. We write a business plan, and we feel pretty comfortable about the business plan. Now the choice is now what? You know, is it a build or a buy decision? Am I gonna start a company from scratch, or in other words, build a company, or am I gonna go find an existing company and buy it? It's almost like. Man, if you could find a guy that wrote a book about all these businesses that are going to be for sale. Yeah, some what? guy wrote a book called Scaling the Exit. Who it's was that? It's on Amazon. Wait a minute. That's you, Mike. Oh, uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. So talk to us about the baby boomers and, and how many of these businesses are viable. They're out there. Oh, Dave, that's such a good point. So here's the deal. You got four million baby boomer business owners that are going to be hitting. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Four hundred thousand? Four million. Four million yes, businesses. Yes, and they're going to be exiting their businesses one way or the other in the next three to five years. So if you're looking, so you're talking by like twenty twenty six. Oh yeah, I mean it's been delayed. It's been delayed, and now it can't be delayed anymore. 
Oh my. And so if you have a, a something that you have a passion about and you think you can make money, I would go and find out if there's a baby boomer business owner that's ready to get out. Or at least somebody, so baby boomer. So you're talking about for somebody between 58 current, okay, it's 2020. What a year, different podcast, but it's 2020. So you're talking for somebody in their late 50s on. That's correct. Because then somebody in their late 50s needs to be putting a plan together to sell their business anyway. Yeah, yeah. So if you haven't done that, give us a call. But it's reach out to these guys, right? Sure, sure. You're going to get the smoking deals. Smoking deals. Because these guys are and these ladies are waking up one day and realize, ooh, I, I, I don't have a plan. And I want to be done in the next six months. I want to challenge you. There, there are smoking deals out there, but sometimes you got to fix those deals. Well, yeah, yeah. If, but if you find a baby boomer business is charging a fair rate for a business, that's because it's well put together and already making money. Totally. So if you buy a business and you can afford it and it's already making money, all you can do is improve on it. Yes, yes. As long as you're partnering up with somebody that's going to help you make sure you're making good decisions, man, you are you are in the gold. Yeah. So I think I think that's a real consideration for for our audience is, uh, you know, the baby boomer demographic and the businesses that they currently own, they should be fair game. For it shortens you. up your business plan a little bit, too. If you're does. buying something that's already in operation, you have all that data and you have history on that business as well. If you're starting something out, you got to lay all that out and, and don't forget square footage. Don't forget electricity. Don't forget water, sewer, telephone. Don't forget labor, taxes. Yep. And, so, and don't forget paper in the copy machine. There's so many small costs in a business that you have to account for. And and it's even down to office supplies. You gotta make sure you account for it because those aren't free. Yeah. Speaking of free, uh, we'll do a quick commercial for the uh, small business uh, development centers that the SBA uh, has in most major cities. Uh, they can help you out uh, if you try to pull together that business plan. Um, they typically don't know your specific industry or your specific business, but they do a good job of helping you put those business plans together. How in the world do you find those guys? Uh, just jump online and go to sba.gov and, and put in your city and they'll tell you where the small business development centers are. And, and you know what? They want to help you get going and they, want, and they don't want to see these baby boomer businesses just close. Right, right. So. You're start. I mean, man, what what good information, Mike? Yeah, yeah. It's, this is a great time. This is just a great time to be uh, an American. Let's just let's all just think about that for a second. It is November, the day after quote unquote the start of the final yes, election process. Whole yes. different subject. Don't even know if we'll ever even talk about it. But this is uh, 2020, and we are saying this is a great time to start thinking about starting your own business. Because in the midst of chaos, there's huge opportunity. It's always the case, always has been the case, always will be the case. If you're a, if you're a shark in your, in your job and you wanna go after it and, you, and every time you look around you see improvement, man, I can do this better, man, I can do this better, man, I can do this better, and all your checkbook entries are in there and noted and all your numbers are straight and your finances are solid and you're an organized person, go. This is your time. Go do it. If you have aspirations to do it, do it because you are in an environment that you almost cannot be not successful. You will wind up being successful. If you do the right things. That's right. That's right. Right on, Dave. Right on, Mike.
Growth Systems do what we do because we want to impact lives through improving business performance. If you want more information, go to our contact page at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com. That's E-B-I-T-D-A growthsystems.com. Thank you.